Okay, Honda. Yeah. Today's drink is oh homemade God. iced lemon tea. I don't even know if it can be considered iced lemon tea because uh it's it's a mess. When we were making it, uh <laughs> the proportions were off, but I'll try it later, I guess. I'm seeing if it's sour. Yeah, we kind of added too much lemon juice. <laughs> so the recipe called for six lemons, by the way. Six? What the I hell? know. We only added like two and a half, and it was too much. So um And welcome to Hidden Among Us. I'm your host, Chris. And this is Honda. And welcome to episode 65. We were gone for two weeks, focusing on school, trying to feel longer. Ourselves. Yeah. It feels longer than two weeks. Yeah, but can you imagine in those two weeks, we were doing final assignments and trying to keep our heads above water? <laughs> I can't believe that was two weeks. <laughs> that was two weeks ago and now the semester's over we are freer i guess are we ever free are we ever free from the shackles of capitalism <laughs> never ending race <laughs> yeah no, never ending race also i feel like a lot of things have happened in two weeks but i genuinely cannot remember a single thing i can't remember what i did on monday this week I know, but like, I feel like, okay, when I'm saying a lot of things happened, I'm referring to like general, like world news. Like the, uh, the Travis Scott concert thing happened, which is insane, by the way. We live in a society where like shit like this, you expect to come from like fiction actually happens in real life. And you're like flabbergasted that humanity can stoop so low. That happened. Um, what else happened? I feel like so many things did, but I just can't name anything. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse is has like all his charges dropped against him, so there's that as well. Yeah, I haven't read up on that case, so I'm not sure about that. I haven't read up on it a lot either, but it's just um. It's one of those cases where people are divided on it again. Like, mm, yeah. On one hand, people like, can, yeah. Like I don't know. A lot of people have very, like, uh, like according to their political alignment, they have like very different um, uh, impressions of the case, which I thought is interesting but also very sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, the law, unfortunately, is just... Yeah, the prosecution messed up. I, I know, I heard. I mean, from the little info that I've seen from, they, 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 didn't, go, they didn't do a good job. It's kind of yeah. amazing how he killed three people, but I guess zero charges. Because self-defense? Self-defense, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. even think, like... I don't think... In Singapore, like you, if you kill someone in self defense, I don't think you can go like away with any like zero consequences. Right? Oh no, definitely not. I mean, in Singapore, right? 
in Singapore, it's it's illegal to even have like self defense weapons. Yeah, and I mean using like I don't know like a sharp knife or something as self defense. I don't know if and killing three people. Like I don't know if. Yeah, I don't think like you will walk away like scot free. Mm. Yeah, and that, yeah. that's a scary thing. Also, regarding this, like, um, self defense weapons being like um illegal here, and this includes things like pepper spray, right? I remember, I think I saw there was this girl on Twitter who was saying that because pepper spray is illegal, she carries like a small can of deodorant. <coughs> so if somebody were to attack her, she just basically maces them with the deodorant spray. And it's just, I was like, mm. dang, why didn't I think of that? But at the same time, it's it's like, as you mentioned, like, if we were to do that, I think we wouldn't be able to, like, walk away with just, you know, a self-defense sort of thing. We'd yeah, still you be can't even accountable. Make, you can't even make a homemade uh, pepper spray with, like, chilies and stuff. That's yeah. considered illegal also. So it's just, also, speaking of, like, weird laws in Singapore. I mean, you can't even walk around. Okay, to our international listeners, did you know that it's illegal in Singapore to walk around your house naked? <laughs> it's illegal, yeah. by the way. Because <laughs> it's like, uh, what was the reasoning behind it? I think it's, it's like a super flimsy reason. I think it's like obscenity or some shit. And like, if your neighbours see you naked, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. where the crime happens. I'm just like, Why? Like, why is that a thing? Like, you're not even entitled to, like, the privacy of your own home. So, Wait, why? Then why is the neighbor looking into your house? Okay, so I was, like, thinking about this, right? And I, I'm also thinking about how, basically, our, at least public housing is, the buildings are so close to one another, and some have, sure. have like, balconies where people put, like, plants I was just thinking, can you imagine just, you know, coming out one day, you know, you're you're there to like water your thirsty plants and then you just like casually look up and your neighbor like across, in the building across, just walking around naked. I think it's in those situations, but I think it's also like super absurd. Like, would you call the police on that? I don't know. Is it easy to see full naked? Okay. I can only imagine like half. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I feel like some Singaporeans, it's just... I mean, there are some people who will definitely purposely stand at the window like naked. Like, yeah, but this one people, is like but... an accidental thing, right? So yeah. Like, how, how, how would that apply? Also, I'm just thinking about... As a speaker of neighbors, I'm just thinking about that case where... Was it like a tennis coach? This tennis coach... Um, I think he he got he ordered like drugs and then the deliverer delivered it to the wrong house and that's how he got caught. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that's so sad. Yeah, he could have gotten away with it, but then like the the delivery guy delivered it to the wrong house and then the lady who opened it up was just like, um, what is this? And then she called the authorities. Like imagine your luck being that shit. I mean, not to not to say that we are condoning drug <laughs> use. So we we are we're not like please please do not do drugs or anything illegal. I guess. So. Mm. I mean, it's I, legal. Sure, go ahead. But yeah, I mean, legal. Sure. 
If it's legal Whatever. in your country, in your state. Speaking of like legal drugs, right? I was on TikTok. Can you imagine? I'm like quoting TikToks as like a source nowadays. Who am oh I? God. I used to be so anti-TikTok. My God. I was I was on TikTok as someone my age usually is. And like there's this person from Thight. Wow. This lisp is killing me. There's this person from Thailand who like um they they were documenting their journey to this little cannabis cafe there. And I thought mm. it was so fascinating because like um you order drinks with um cannabis inside. What what's the other term for it? C C B D. Yeah, CBD. THC. Or something like that. Yeah, those things. I'm not well worse than this. <laughs> Overlook the, the dumbness of that. Yeah, but then apparently like the staff and stuff. The staff and stuff. The staff. When you order when you order your food, right? They like split up the amount of the like the CBD between yourself. So you're not like overdosing yourself or anything. And it's like a very small amount. And I was just like, dang. That's such an interesting concept. Also because, like, recently, the use of, like, CBD has been, like, in, like, it's it's more used now. So, you have, like, skincare infused with CBD oil. For pets, there are CBD stuff. Um, mm, yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, there's even, like, gummies to calm, like, anxiety and whatnot. And I just think that is so fascinating. You know, I was I mean, just watching... These- Mm-hmm. A documentary, a short documentary on like edibles, like literally for dinner just now. I was watching. Oh wow. Yeah, and apparently it's actually very hard to actually know how much is inside the edibles. Yeah. So it's hard to measure. And in in like in the Dutch area areas, like it's even illegal to like show how much is inside. Because it's like in a half legal, illegal, like limbo thing. Oh. Like even if they're selling it, like they, they like, you can't actually, I, I don't know what the whole thing is, but like they can't even disclose who, where it's produced. So because it's not 100% like legalized, it, it also creates a lot of problems because they can't write how much is actually labeled. You know, like alcohol, you, you have to say yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a certain percentage, but in... In like in Dutch, like, you can't do that. Mm. Which is kind of dumb. Yeah, I, I, I find this the, the entire debate about like edibles and whatnot quite interesting because some research say that you know when it's used for like medical purposes or like when it's like microdosed, it's not harmful. But at the same time, it's like, oh, but these things when abused can still be like highly addictive. I don't know. So our listeners who have an opinion on this or like know more about it than we do, like let us know about like the edibles scene. I, I just find it interesting because Singapore's stand on it is very firm. They are <laughs> entirely against it. So even for medical purposes, I highly doubt they will even allow the use of like marijuana. Yeah. But at the same yeah, time, I mean, like, even in the US. Yeah, I know. But at the same time, like, when used for, like, medical purposes, like, people with anxiety can benefit from it. You know? Like, mm. people feed their freaking dogs, like, 
cannabis infused stuff because it's like safe for them. Uh, you know, in the documentary, like the lady who is a business owner of like those edibles, she had a dog with her doing the interview. The dog looked high. <laughs> its mouth was open the whole time. It's not panting, it's just open. Oh, God. Yeah, that's teetering the line of like unethical. Like, please don't drug up your animals. Like, just don't. They don't know what's going on. The only times you can ever like give anxiety relief to your animals is if the vet prescribes it to them. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but I highly doubt we'll ever see the day Singapore would nope. be like, hey, you know what? Maybe this thing is beneficial for the people. I think it's only they're only looking into it for medical treatments, not recreational. Never recreational. You're never recreational. But at the same time, I think the fear is if they allow it for medical reasons, then people can, you know, try to get it that way even when they don't want to. I think it's going to be very strictly controlled. It'll be very strict, yeah. Okay, yeah. Then (laughs) we end up here. Also, okay, I'm going to take a sip of this lemon tea. Oh my god, it tastes like water. Oh, that's disgusting. Oh my god. I'm staring at it with absolute disgust and disdain. I want to make lemonade. Maybe we should have made lemonade. Then this is... Oh gosh. You have to wash your red lemons really well because they have like... They use pesticides on it. So like oh. the outside part is like not clean. Oh. Ooh, well, we yeah, can so use to that part it. of the lemon. So I guess I'm kind of fine. <laughs> I'll let you know if like I grow two more arms and like four more legs or something. I'll wait to see that happen. <laughs> anyway, Honda, different story. Do you have a case yeah. <laughs> that we can delve deeply into? Mm, this one's maybe a bit different from the usual serial killers that we cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't so think this we've actually covered like many serial killers, or have we? Oh, maybe we have. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we usually do, no? Okay. Yeah, so this one's about Robert Maudsley, also known as the Brain Eater, also known as the also known as Hannibal the Cannibal. <laughs> you know you say Hannibal the Cannibal, it just reminds you of that scene from Hannibal the show where um, this character literally just goes, Hannibal the ca- Cannibal, that's what the media would call him. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's also like that, that scene from The Office where like Michael Scott's like, your dentist's name is Crentist. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Sidetrack, sidetrack. Okay. Oh, I don't think I've ever heard of this person before. Mm. Yeah. I don't think you would have. I didn't either, like, previously. Yeah. Oh, so be, this case... It would be quite funny if what? you're like, hey, I, don't, I don't know this guy either. <laughs> even now. <laughs> Yeah, so 
Robert John Mosley was born in Liverpool, 1953, and was one of 12 children. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and at, at six months old, he and his siblings were placed in a Catholic orphanage in Crosby. Yeah, at the age of eight, Mosley was retrieved by his parents again and was subjected to routine physical abuse. He later mentioned that he was raped as a child. And after 12 months of living with his parents, he was placed with foster parents. And then at 16 years old, he fled to London and he worked as a sex worker in London. And his income went to funding his drug addiction. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, so he was forced to seek psychiatric help after attempting suicide twice. And it was during his talk with his doctors that he claimed to hear voices telling him to kill his parents. Mm. Yeah, so his parents would be really key in his um, killings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in 1974, one night when he was working as a sex worker, he was picked up by a laborer called John Farrell. And Farrell reportedly showed him pictures of children he had abused. Oh, God. Which led to Motsley garroting him, stabbing him, and then smashing his head with a hammer. Okay. Well, what's garroting? Uh, using, like, a cord or, like, a wire to... Oh. Around the neck and, like, kill. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, had to, I had to Google the hell is garroting. But it's, like, it's like, actually strangling. It sounds familiar, but... Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's just strangling with a wire or cord. Mm. Yeah, so he surrendered himself to the police saying he needed psychiatric care. And he was found to unfit he was found unfit to stand trial and instead was sent to Broadmoor Hospital. Which is also like a form of prison. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, in 1977 he was 24, Motsley and another inmate, David Cheeseman at Broadmoor, dragged David Francis was a convicted pedophile and a fellow prisoner at the hospital into a room in their ward. So the pair, the pair held Francis hostage and barricaded the door. They tied Francis up and in the next nine hours, they the pair tortured Francis and later garroted him. Oh, God. Yeah, and after they killed him, reportedly, um, his body was held up in the air so that the staff could see him through the spy hole on the door. Oh my god. Mm. And according to legend, Francis' body was found with his head cracked open like a boiled egg with a spoon hanging out of it and part of the brain missing. Oh god. Yeah. However, in reality, Monty had not eaten any part of his brain. Even if the autopsy reports have disproved the brain-eating rumors, the nickname the brain-eater Hannibal the cannibal still stayed with Robert Motsley until now. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess the name is like, you know, like sensational, which I, which is why it sticks with him. It sticks with him until now. Yeah. Mm, so because of this, he was convicted of manslaughter and sent to Wakefield prison after the trial. However, his killing did not stop there. Mm-hmm. Within weeks of arriving at the prison, Mosley had killed again, this time twice in the same day. 
Mm-hmm. And according to other inmates who were the who were at the prison at the time, Mosley set out to kill seven people that day. So in the year 1978, one Saturday morning, he lured a fellow prisoner by the name Selny Dawood, who was in prison for killing his wife into a cell. He tied a garret around his neck and repeatedly smashed his head against the wall by swinging him around. Swinging him around. He then hid Dawood's body under his bed and reportedly tried to lure other inmates into his cell, but was unsuccessful. Yeah, so he then went out of his cell instead and went to the cell of Bill Roberts. And Roberts was attacked with a homemade serrated knife and was killed within minutes. And all of this is happening at the hospital slash prison. Yeah, this one's the prison. After the murder at the hospital, he was sent to a prison. Where are the guards? My goodness. I feel like in movies, when someone just punches someone, the alarm starts going on. Yeah. Right? right. That's that that's my impression. But I guess this one was like, I don't know, the guards were sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So instead of the the guards running to him after his killings, he walked into the prison guard's office and placed the knife down on the table and told them that they would be too short when it came to the next roll call. I'm flabbergasted. It's just... What year was this happening in? 1978. Do you think, like, 1970s law was just, like, rubs? (laughs) Rubs? Yeah, like, rub up. Until like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, during the next the the following murder trial in 1979, the court was told that Mosley believed that the people he killed were his parents. So his lawyers argued that the killings were the result of pent-up aggression from a childhood of constant abuse. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so it was a form of revenge killing because these people, yeah, aren't technically innocent. <laughs> and yeah, they, they became placeholders for his parents, essentially. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and then they were abusers also. So, yeah, okay. Mm. So I guess it did trigger a part of him. Yeah, so Mosley, Mod, Modsley had also said, when I kill, I think I have my parents in mind. And that if I had killed my parents in 1970, none of these people would have died. It's just, it's so shitty because like you can tell that all this is a result of him being like clearly traumatized by the abuse and also receiving like probably very little help. Yeah, especially during that time. Yeah, during that time, it's just, oh, man. And then he wasn't in a stable home either, like, when he, even when he's out of there. Yeah, he he didn't even have, like, a proper support system. And then at 16, he, he was working as a sex worker. Yeah, so it's just... So he never actually got help. Or treatment for those for his like childhood trauma. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he was then convicted of both murders and sentenced to life behind bars at Wakefield. 
So yeah, so his imprisonment is actually the most interesting part, mm-hmm. and because of his frenzied rampage, it meant that he could no longer be considered an ordinary prisoner. So a special glass-fronted cell was created for him in the basement of Wakefield Prison. A glass, it, like, <laughs> like in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, yeah, that's what oh I was about to say. So he, he's he's living up to his nickname when he's kept incarcerated like Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. Oh my goodness. The way I could like join this because I actually watched Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. But why like a glass? Is it so that he could be monitored? Mm, essentially. And but that he's, also, you know, away from any other inmate. Yeah, he... Uh, it's also extremely dehumanizing. It is. So, <laughs> you know, he's actually classified as Britain's most dangerous prisoner, even oh if he has not committed a crime for more than 25 years. Oh my gosh, okay. Yeah. So the glass cell is around 5.5 meters by 4.5 meters, which is very, very small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cell, the two cells, it's a, it's it's like a combined cell, like one, okay, one cell, one cell. Uh, the two cells are slightly larger than average and have large bulletproof windows through which it can be observed. Okay. Yeah, the only furnishings are a table and chair, both made of compressed cardboard, and the lavatory and sink are both bolted to the floor while the bed is a concrete slab. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Honestly, ouch. Yeah, a solid steel door opens into the cell, encased in thick press packs, press packs, with a small slot at the bottom through which guards pass in food and other items. So he remains in this glass box uh, for twenty three hours a day, and only has one hour one hour of one hour of exercise where he he is escorted by uh, six prison officers to the yard and he's not yeah so he's not allowed contact with any other inmates at all okay but like in this time has he ever shown himself to be violent or aggressive (laughs) not after his last two murders interesting yeah, so this is a quote from Motsley himself. Uh, the prison authorities see me as a problem and the solution has been to put me into solitary confinement and throw away the key to bury, to bury me alive in a concrete coffin. It does not matter to them whether I'm mad or bad. They do not know the answer and they do not care just so long as I'm kept, kept out of sight and out of mind. Holy guacamole. Mm. Yeah, so he actually spent a short period in Park Cursed on the Isle of Wight. Uh, he met with a psychiatrist, Dr. Bob Johnson, who after three years of interviews and counselling, believed that he was making great progress and was three quarters of the way through removing the aggression and latent violence that made mm. him dangerous. But then um, without warning the treatment was cut off and Motsley was moved back to Wakefield 
là Why? So it really, it really reminds me of Mozzie's like quote saying that I'm kept out of sight and out of mind. Yeah, what the like? It, it's much easier to like look at mm. an inmate as just like this aggressive, violent being than yeah. to actually you know realize that okay, this aggression is human. <laughs> yeah, like this aggression stems from past trauma like past unresolved trauma so it's like you you chuck them off to get psychiatric help because i guess you know it that puts like a tick in whatever checklist you need by like the larger institution then the moment he starts showing some sort of like um progress it's like okay i guess he's cured you don't need like treatment anymore and then you chuck him back into prison who are you helping here? Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of people who were concerned with the way he was kept. He's very, like, you know, inhumane. It is. Okay, like... Uh, I mean... Are we going to open this can of worms? <laughs> it's really very difficult because some people have committed heinous heinous crimes right and Mm. i mean we are in no position to be like oh we should forgive all of them you know let them back out into society or whatever but at the same time it's like there should still be a level of humanity given to these people even if Mm. you think they don't deserve it or not you know, like some people are really, really like shitty. Like they, they are manipulative. They don't learn. You know, you you put them through like rehabilitation and stuff, and like it doesn't really work out for them. But at the same time, it's like there are still people. Mm. You know, ah, it's very complex. It's very complex. Yeah. Yeah, and then there are, like, other prisoners who are, like, kept in much better conditions. Like, yeah. Ed Kemper, he has a job in he prison, job. and he's liked by the he guards. He narrates audiobooks. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, Imagine checking out a, a book from the library, oh and God. you find out it's freaking Ed Kemper narrating to you. And it, and then you're like, oh, this person's voice is not bad. And then you look at who narrated it. I can't <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, mean... Apparently he looks... Apparently there's a photo of Ed Kemper recently. In 2020. It's quite interesting because like, usually you don't see them anymore after a while. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> he just looks like an old man. Uh, yeah, but okay, but, but here's the mind-boggling thing, right? Seeing this old picture, this picture of Ed Kemper, the very fact he aged, you know, he's an actual person who ages, <laughs> who grows old. You know, you incarcerate inmates, you 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 shove them behind a glass, like I wouldn't even call it a cell, it's like a box, right? Mm. 
you don't even give him the treatment he deserves. Like he needs, he needs treatment for his trauma. But then they continue to treat him like an animal. It's just, we're just spiraling down. <laughs> we don't have the answers for anything. Like if anyone else has any feelings, ideas, just let us know as well. Because at the same time, it's like, you can always bring up the argument of, do we see him as a sympathetic figure because of his past trauma? What if he didn't have this background, right? Would we have the same feelings towards him like that? Mm. I feel like if we are sympathetic, then like society as a whole would be more sensitive to like kids in these systems. So they don't, you know, so we people can look out for signs, you know, Mm. have to be more aware of like what kids go through when they are in that kind of like in the foster system or like home from abusive homes so like to be so unsympathetic to people who had that kind of trauma like I feel like you'll be also unsympathetic to kids who are facing that like right now I mean once again it's just easy to write off problem kids as violent mm. and aggressive or whatnot instead of you know looking at the root cause of the issue so mm. and actually finding a solution for yeah it. and actually finding a solution and like, getting them the the help the treatment they need uh man yeah so in reaction to this like removal of the treatment his brother paul said uh as far as i can tell the prison authorities are trying to break him Every time they see him making a little progress, they throw a spanner in the works. He spent the time in Woodhill Prison and he, there he was getting on well with the staff, even playing chess with them. He had access to books and music and television. Now they have put him back in a cage at Wakefield. His trouble started because he got locked up as a kid. All they do when they put him back there is bringing all that trauma back to him. And his brother is 100% right. Mm. His brother is so right, yeah. Yeah, so Manly himself also says all I have to look forward to is the further mental breakdown and possible suicide. In many ways, I think this is what the authorities hope for. That way, the problem of Robert John Monsley can be easily and swiftly resolved. Yeah, but in more recent years, it's been reported that Monsley passes his time contently playing video games and writing letters to his friends and family. And that his situation is much better now since he's outlived most of the wardens who hated him. Okay. Honestly, mm. good for him in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, so this is the story of Robert John Monson. Oh man. This is such... Yeah, so this is like an, an, it is an interesting serial killer because his serial killing started when he's imprisoned. Yeah, right? You don't kill <laughs> cases like this, like, ever. It's, like, the like the opposite of other serial killers. Yeah, oh my gosh. But at the same time, he was treated so... Uh, uh, makes me so mad. Uh, Wait, I forgot that story of the boy that was hidden from society. And then, because he's, like, evil or something. Harry Potter? No! <laughs> Harry Potter! What? He was, was hidden he? from society. It's just he his was family. Kept, 
don't know. Yeah, society because he's evil. And is it, is it evil or something? He was like a problem and then society just forgets about him even though he's like a child. So it's kind of like that. So like they just ignore ignore that he's a human. Uh, like yeah, and he's still alive and in prison until now. Gosh, he must be so old. You know, he was born in nineteen fifty three. Yeah, he must be so old. Dang. Thanks, Honda. Wow. Oh my gosh, all these cases really just make me feel so conflicted. Anyway, prison sucks. Like the entire institution sucks. Like, yeah. It's like not just sympathize, but to like, how do you say, make your sympathy productive Mm. into actually, you know, preventing and then, you know, rehabilitating. Yeah. Like, not just stop it, just throw in the prison, done. Society is safe now. No such thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's not. Because like, you know, if you think it's just so simple as just throwing bad people, evil people into jail, you're not actually purifying or keeping society safe because like more and more of these people are just going to turn up. And the reason why they keep turning up is because systems fail, you know. Mm. And not to say this goes for every criminal though. There are some criminals where like, you know... They, they commit crimes not because of like systematic failures. Like, no. like we mentioned before, Chris Watts, for example. Tell me what system failed him. The patriarchy, maybe. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but long even day. documentaries that you know like to call like these serial killers like the most evil person. And then, like, all of the people they interview, they, they, they like, char- characterize the person as the devil and stuff. So it just, like, ignores, like, the society's hand in creating that person and, and like, you know, why he became that person. Yeah. And, you know, it's as if he became evil because he's evil since born, you know. No, it's not like that. <laughs> I think that's a separate argument we can make that, you know, some people are just born evil, right? But at the same time, like, how far can you argue that somebody is born evil or just made to do evil things? Is it the, the whole argument about if you can go back in time and kill Hitler, will you kill kill Hitler, baby Hitler? Right, and the answer to that is sure, go ahead, but somebody like him is going to come up, right? Yeah, because humans have the propensity for evil. It's it's like an innate, I guess, human sort of behavior. I don't know. Yeah, well, every time like I see that argument come up, then some people will be like, just put him to art school. Oh my Don't god. Don't deny him. Don't deny him the art. Oh, <laughs> uh, at the same time, like, 
not everyone is so certain that he became like that because he got rejected from art school. So, <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah, but well, thanks Honda for this case. Um, I will now reflect on society. Reflect on society. Oh goodness. We opened a whole can of worms, man. I don't know how much of this I have to edit out so that we don't sound problematic. Hmm. No, I mean, it's a good discussion to have. And to, you know, discussions on improving. But don't you feel kind of hypocritical sometimes where it's like some people, like Robert Mosley, Motley? M-A-U-D-S-L-E-Y I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it correctly But it looks like And yeah, you know, it's just like It's kind of hypocritical Because like people like him with Like like you understand why he did what he did You know, it's just easier to argue for To treat him like a human Get him treatment whatnot But then there's People do like really, really heinous shit, right? And it's like, you, you cannot extend the same argument to them because, you know, of what they did. And some of these people, like, don't have... Like, they were... They, I mean, Bundy, for example, the most cliche example, right? He grew up in, like, a loving home and whatnot. And he still went on to do, like, disgusting evil stuff. But we cannot mm. bring this argument for him because he's also a narcissist and a manipulator like a psychopath right so I wow yeah I mean you can't sympathize with every like killer but you know with those with this kind of background or like even those killers like you know the NFL players Mm -hmm. like yeah so who end up killing people because of their brain injury yeah so like understanding why they become like that and to prevent it is I think a good way to like yeah. make your sympathies productive mm, instead okay. of just writing them off. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent point there. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and click that follow button on Spotify. You can also listen to us on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and whatever podcast platform you listen to. And you can follow us on Instagram at HGU Podcast. Share us a message or send us a story if you'd like. You can also email us at hiddenamongustree at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and we will see you next week. Bye! Bye! Bye!